The following program deals with a controversial subject. The theories expressed are not the only possible interpretation. Viewers are invited to make a judgment based on all available information. This is your captain speaking. We are beginning our descent into madness. And we are back to another edition of What's to the Rockies. I'm Frank. Thank you guys for sticking around. I know it's late for uh, some of you, but we got another exciting show lined up for everyone tonight. Genevieve, how you doing over there? I'm doing quite all right. Doing good? I'm doing well. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, considering it's been a crazy, crazy week, I'll say that much. It's uh, I, I, I don't think we can... We can start the show without briefly, at least, addressing, <laughs> you know, the the unfortunate events that have transpired in in the last week, uh, you know. And it, to me, it's just really interesting. And you know, on this show, we we talk a lot about these fringe topics, whether it's the paranormal, aliens, UFOs, uh, conspiracy, etc. Last weekend, as many people know across the country, there was that huge UFO scare. It turned out to be a, a test launch for a missile. For me, it wasn't it wasn't a question whether it was a UFO or not or a missile or not. To me, the, the real question was why? You know, why is this happening right now? And two days later, there was another missile test. And a few days later, we had, you know, the airstrike to kill the, the, well, yeah, that prominent... Yeah, and a few days before that, you had apparently the leader of ISIS getting destroyed. I yeah. don't know what and to say. And then days later, we had the unfortunate events that happened in Paris. And look, I love Paris. I love France. Uh, it's, it's an amazing place. There's something very magical. And I can understand why that is the capital, was the capital or is the capital of art to some extent, right? Mm -hmm, so many mm -hmm, great artists definitely. have lived there. And obviously... Obviously, it saddens me and it saddens us to see this kind of thing happen. Um, and, you know, our, our thoughts and prayers are with, with every, all those affected. But for me, the real question is always why, you know, and I've been trying to think and I by no means, you know, take my word on this. I'm just a, a mere mortal trying to make sense of really crazy situations. But I, I've been sitting around wondering if these three events you know, are somehow connected. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's all I'm going to say because I really have nothing more to say about it. Like I said, I'm still... Exploring this next week. But... Maybe we'll be exploring this next week. But uh, yeah, I mean, I just find it interesting that we have, you know, like a missile test launch and then we have that airstrike that killed... Uh, what was his name? There's a lot more. And, I mean, you like, you and, know, you had the uh, more Lebanese attacks. I and mean, you had, had like yeah. a lot at it's, once. There the was world, a lot it's, at once. It's, there's a lot. There, there's definitely a lot going on, a, a lot for, for my brain to digest and, and try to make sense of. And I think I'm, I'm on the same boat as, as many of the people listening. You know, we're just trying to make sense of all the craziness in this world. And boy, I mean, uh, 2015 is, is going down as, as a pretty intense year. I'll say that much. Yeah. I was just thinking on a lighter note, thinking of 2015, I realized that 2015 marked the uh, 30 years of Back to the Future, which is also an important date for me, <laughs> uh, you know, and... Uh, oh, did you see Toyota's new advert? Yeah, I think I've it was seen Toyota. it. Yeah. It's like, oh gosh, let's not talk about it. And that. <laughs> uh, it also marked 40 years since Travis Walton had that experience up in uh, in Snowflake, Arizona in the mountains. 40. 40 years, yeah. 40, 40. Yeah, oh. so 2015, you know, that's it's interesting. Like I said, for me, it's interesting. I'm not saying, you know, don't believe me and think that I'm saying <laughs> that, you know, it's a big, you know, but I'm not into numerology says. or nothing. I, I don't know a whole lot about it. But 
Genevieve, <laughs> I'm going to throw it to you because tonight we have a really cool guest uh-huh. with a really cool movie, and I'm really, really excited to talk to him. So why don't you make the introduction and we'll get him on the line. All right. Well, um, we've got Patrick Canelli on today. Um, he works in film, video, um, theater, performance, and the visual arts. Um, a man of many talents. He's got experience in writing, producing, directing, designing, editing, performing, and curating. Receiving his BFA in film, video at Cal Arts and his MFA in theater direction at UCLA, Patrick is now um, co-artistic director at Highways Performance Space. Um, I believe that's the one here in Santa Monica. And um, he's also on the board of directors. He's furthermore the founder and producer of um, Unmarked, U-N-M-A-R-K-E-D. I'm not just spelling that out <laughs> randomly. It's 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 written that way mm-hmm. in capital letters. Of course. Um, uh, it's, it's a project dedicated to live and remote mm-hmm. outer disciplinary spectacle, horror, glamour, and social justice. And um, you see that a lot in Patrick's work. You know, he, he works on multiple platforms. And as will become apparent um, to those of you who don't already know, he's a big fan of exploring um, issues of social, cultural, and personal identity and subjectivity. Now, um, the recently released Excess Flesh marks a directorial debut of uh, for Patrick in the in the feature film world, premiering at South by Southwest in March of this year. Past works um, include Patty, which was a multi-platform project that recently re- actually received um, five LA Weekly um, Theatre Award nominations, wow. including Best Musical. Others include an experimental short-form documentary titled 10 Minutes is Two Hours, um, shot in South Sudan, which is super interesting. Yeah. And another one, some of you may have heard of this, um, was a recent project, uh, a very cool sub-pop music video for the single Body and Blood by LA rap group clipping well with that basically we'd like to introduce patrick canelli onto our show but first but but before that just so you all get a view of of what we're talking about we're going to play the theatrical trailer of excess flesh yeah, this for all our Ustream uh friends and if you're listening on iheart you're missing worry, out we'll, tune in yeah you're missing out number one but we'll also be linking this uh later uh well, we're posting it on twitter as well but right now let's check this out believe me it's a trip here we go I don't know how you work in the fashion industry. They totally objectify women, says the fat girl. Come out with me tonight. Rob will be there. So? He's nice and he likes you. You would know. You're not down for my sloppy second? What the fuck is wrong with you? not fair what you're doing to me. I promise. I'll keep my hands off. Fuck! Creepy bitch! I am on to you. Why are you doing this? Work! Work! I want you to let me go. You're the ruiner of everything. Just remember, everyone can hear you and 
We'd love to introduce Patrick onto West of the Rockies. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Patrick. Can you hear us all right? I can. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time for being with us. Uh, you know, we're really excited to talk to you. I mean, this movie, this movie looks pretty intense. I'll say that much. Definitely. Uh, but, you know, first, before we get into it, why don't we uh, let our, our listeners get to know you a little better? How did you get involved making films? Was there like a single film that made you go like, wow, like that's the kind of stuff I want to do? Or, or was this something that you found yourself being led to? Because I know you're, you work through other mediums as well. I mean, I've always wanted to do film. Um, I've always, you know, since I was, you know, really little. Uh, uh, you know, for me, with the most, the most uh, important thing, or, or the thing I'm most interested in, is storytelling, and mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 I've explored that in many different forms. And I think, um, uh, you know, the way media and these things have sort of developed over the years uh there's so many different ways of of doing it and ways that i feel uh that i can add to um beyond just uh, being a film director or just being a theater director or these things but but finding different sort of um uh unexpected connections and and convergences um but uh but yeah so you know i've done theater i've done you know uh performance art i've mm-hmm. done film uh visual art you know many many different things do you have a favorite or uh do you find yourself feeling equally comfortable in all of these um no i don't feel comfortable in any of them <laughs> <laughs> but I, but that's what's most exciting to me uh, mm-hmm. it's a challenge um uh, I mean, film, filmmaking, I think, is the, to me, is the, the ultimate, you know, form of, uh, uh, of, of storytelling and mm-hmm. of, um, you know, the convergence of all the different sort of artistic mediums. Um, and, and so that's the one I'm, I'm most uh, excited about. And still, I, I, I'm, I'm really of the old school of, you know, a, a two hour, you know, a, a three act drama or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. This told in two hours instead of this, uh, you know, endless continuation of plot that, that goes on and on <laughs> right. over years and, and whatnot, which it seems to be more and more where, where things are progressing. People are uh, more and more interested in these uh, open-ended sort of mm-hmm. narratives. But I like the, I, I really do like the closed sort of form of, uh, of film. And with this movie, uh, Excess Flesh, you're tackling a topic that, at least specifically in L.A., I see a lot. And I can understand how L.A. influenced you to write this movie and, and, and make this movie. Can you tell me a little bit about what was it in L.A. that inspired you both negative and positive to come up with this idea for a movie? Um, well, I mean, I'm not originally from Los Angeles. I've been here about 13 years. I'm originally from the, the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, over, um, over the last couple of years, I was starting to, you know, feel a lot of, uh, anxiety and a lot of, um, uh, feeling more and more this, this sort of, uh, isolation that, mm. you know, sort of, um, so just LA, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, because it's such a big, sprawling sort of mm-hmm. city of many cities. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. When, when I I've been traveling around a lot uh, uh, in Europe and whatnot with this film, and and everybody is, you know, is like, you know, what is Los Angeles? And mm-hmm. I can really never define that. I think it's, you know, it, it's a lot easier to find a place like New York or. Mm. Yeah. 
you know, with Los Angeles, it's so um, it's so unknown. It's and- so fragmented. I find. I mean, you know, coming from someone who's literally been here for like a year, it's it's. I I agree with you. You know, th- these other places you can pinpoint what it is that makes them, you know, that gives them character. You know, like I go to London, everything is dense and it's all there in one place. And LA, it is, it's really like just itty bitty, you know, you can't pinpoint where and what LA is. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I I completely agree. And also because the majority of the population here are people who've come from all these different, Mm -hmm. you know, in pursuit of something, you know, whatever that may be. Yeah. Um, And uh, so it's... It's very, it's to me. I mean, it's it's very hard to, uh, you know, find a way around and find, you know, so you end up getting sort of pulled into your own uh, individual space, both like physically and mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. Uh, psychologically. Yeah. Um, and uh, and in a way, that that's kind of what was being reflected through through this movie, mm-hmm. uh, amongst many other things. But that that was the primal or the prime sort of. Um, uh, impetus for, for doing this at, at this point in time. I find that really interesting because in LA it's just it's like a huge place but at the same time there is this uh, anonymity about people this, here yeah, like yeah. you really never get to know people here sometimes. You and that could be hi a, to someone on the street put it that way. Yeah and, and that is almost a little scary because I don't know who my neighbor is necessarily. And, I literally don't know. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I find that the aspect of feeling isolated in such a huge place like LA really interesting and that is something that I think a lot of people can relate I'm guessing that this is how you felt or am I making a wrong uh, assumption if so I apologize but is this how you felt when you came to LA oh yeah I mean and I've been here for 13 years and I Mm -hmm. still have no idea where I am (laughs) (laughs) so it's uh yeah and I've lived all around the city in different areas Mm -hmm. and um and each one has its own particular sort of um uh feeling uh you know uh about this and um uh so yeah and i still feel that way um but at the same time it's it's quite um it's quite exciting in that way right uh that you never you never are comfortable uh so to speak and um and that's that's uh, I mean, I was just in New York and recently and uh, mm-hmm. and, and was feeling very um, uh, uh, just caged in, in a completely different sort of way hmm. uh, here. It's it's you know, you're in your own uh, headspace mm-hmm. um, and in uh, New York, it's 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 a, it's a much more physical um, mm-hmm. entrapment. Now, with this movie, Excess Flesh, we just watched the trailer, and, and I know that uh, our friends on iHeart probably listened to the trailer, uh, but why don't you tell people what Excess Flesh is about, in your own words? Um, well, Excess Flesh is a story of uh, uh, two uh, young women. They're in their late 20s. They're roommates, um, and one of them... Uh, works in the fashion industry um is very uh beautiful very thin mm-hmm. um and the other one is is new to the city uh you know, she's from new york actually mm-hmm. and uh it's sort of um uh an agoraphobe in a way um is very uh and their roommates and and envious and jealous of this other roommate who works in the fashion industry mm-hmm. and is beautiful outgoing you know brings a different man to the house every night 
Um, and that uh, uh, tension in the relationships uh, starts to build and uh, eventually, uh, not to give too much away, mm -hmm. but uh, the one uh, entraps the other one inside of the, the apartment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, it sort of spirals out of, uh, uh, of control from there. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because we research a lot of topics for this show and, and a lot of stuff that, that can be quite disturbing and scary and and watching the trailer and watching those scenes where you know the, the girl that is trapped inside the apartment it really triggers in me like this this strange reaction because i'm i'm, I'm always quite uh weary of people that go missing and then they turn out that they're being held hostage and i remember just to kind of get an idea of how common this thing is I just Googled, you know, women kept captive and I wow, literally got <laughs> four, I got four stories just from this year alone That's of women scary. that had been held captive against their will by everyone from uh, jealous boyfriends to unknown men that just decided to do this. And it's really scary. You know, every time I see movies that deal with that type of thing or like human trafficking or things like that, where people are just literally held against their will. How challenging was, was shooting a movie where that is the uh, somewhat of the center point, if not the center point of the story? Um, well, I, th I think the the actual um, entrapment, you know, was a again sort of a, a, a dramatization or a physicalization of these ideas mm -hmm. uh, about you know lo being in Los Angeles and and uh, you know your own private uh, space is, is becoming your own you know um, uh, worst enemy. Mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and also that, uh, this, this thing with roommates and, and with this other, you know, yeah. uh, whether it's the, you know, the person you see in the mirror, who's not necessarily the person you really are, mm -hmm. or that other person that you, uh, live with that you sort of project yourself onto, yeah. uh, you know, that, that's been my experience with, you know, having a lot of roommates over time. I've, I've, I've never really. Uh, I felt comfortable with a with another person in the same mm. sort of space as me. You know, all mm. I can do is is see the worst in myself in this other person. Wow. Um, <laughs> but I think that's a normal thing. Uh -huh. um, you know, it's it's we we all want to um, we all want that that privacy. You know, right? And by sharing this space with another with another person. Uh, it's it, it's this real in, invasion of, of that, um, and that could and that's not even just a, a roommate. That could mm -hmm. be a, a partner, or a, a, you know, mm -hmm. a, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, whoever. Right. Um, and so the idea of being tr entrapped, literally, mm -hmm. you know, by another person, you know, whoever may, that may be, uh, is yeah, I think probably one of the most terrifying things. I mean, yeah, you hear these stories of these. Uh, you know, these people, uh, children, mm -hmm. women, even men, you know, who are, yeah. are caged up in, you know, uh, a basement for decades. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, uh, and having to create one's own, a new world, you know, literally within one's own mind, you mm -hmm. know, to mm -hmm. be able to su survive that. It's a very, very heavy theme, uh, uh, and you actually got a couple. Right yeah, no, you you definitely got got some really heavy uh, themes going in this movie. Another one being the issue with body image or self image. I traveled a bit, and I see that uh, in the U.S., especially in L.A., we're quite obsessed 
with with image, you know? I mean, we have tons of plastic surgeons here, everything from like reconstructive dentistry to you name it. Uh, LA is one of the places where you can come and literally leave looking totally different. I know you've been traveling to different countries with this film, uh, showing it at different festivals. Do you find that this translates well to these other markets or do you find that maybe this is uh, this is something a little more niche that, that maybe here in the U.S. we can kind of sink our teeth into more because we're more in it, so to speak? Uh, actually, I think it's more fascinating to to people outside of it, mm. you know, particularly in Europe that, you know, they have a, a it's a, I mean, I think that a lot of the themes in this are, you know, um, uh, all encompassing global uh but yeah, there's it's a particular thing um, in a, with American culture that mm -hmm. is of great <laughs> fascination to people in other parts of the world about what that's about. I mean, there's almost a, um, uh, 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 you know, it's it's like with a lot of uh, you know um, pop culture uh, mm -hmm. that we take for granted, and uh, you know, in in other areas, um, you know, particularly in Europe, France. Yeah. Spain and whatnot is uh, it has a whole different me it has a whole different meaning you know to them mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know like who who are the great sort of um, um, uh, cultural um, <laughs> uh, I don't even know what to call them I'm thinking about the the Kardashians and the Jenners right. Um, you know, who, who aren't really, um, human beings anymore. They, they, <laughs> True. Uh, or maybe they never were. I don't know. Mm -hmm. They, they're, they've transformed, you know, phys literally physically yeah. Yeah. To, mm -hmm. into these, um, dolls, uh, yeah. th these things that, that can, you know, people can project onto and, and also, envy and uh and, and that's such a huge i mean i feel that's such a huge thing now in culture is this idea of envy and mm. um it, these people that we can both love and hate so much yeah. and um because they're not real you know mm -hmm. they're, they're just yeah. not yeah, it's it's like an illusion pretty much yeah they're living in a in an illusion or a fantasy of some sort um, I was going to ask, um, you know, we we heard that um, Sigrid Gilmer wrote um, Excess Flesh with you, but as a guy, what was it like approaching, you know, at least such stereotypically female-centric themes? Um, do you think it was different for a man to write this? No, I mean, I, I went into it looking at it... Uh from my own, you know, perspective, I think that these issues aren't relegated specifically to women. Uh, actually, statistically, men suffer more from body dysmorphia than than women do. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, having having a co-writer who's a woman, and um, you know, being able to uh, and working with a lot of female collaborators on this. Actually, the majority of the the people that that uh, worked on this film were women. Um, you know, was was really helpful for me and, and getting a better understanding of particular things that, um, you know, I may not know directly about, um, or have a direct, mm -hmm. uh, uh, experience with, but, but that's what's most exciting to me about doing work is to, is the process of discovery and learning about myself, mm -hmm. by means outside of myself, 
Um, mm-hmm. other, otherwise I wouldn't do it. You know, I'm not, I've never gone into doing work with the idea of, Oh, I have a, a story to tell, mm-hmm. um, so to speak, right. A, a personal narrative, um, that generally comes about through, uh, third party means. Yeah. Um, so, so that was what this was in a way it, it, it took a pretty far into the process for me to really understand why I was, uh, doing this particular piece or why I was interested in it. Okay. So how do you feel um, about, you know, this movie being labeled a body horror movie or a a body image horror? Um, Is that a genre you were aiming for? You know, what were you working with while writing and filming? Um, I think the body, uh, this new body image horror thing is is quite interesting. Um, I I never really perceived this as a body horror movie, mm-hmm. like, and because that to me is like David Cronenberg and and these types of things, which this movie really isn't. But um, where it started actually was uh, investigation of of two different genres that. Uh, that I, I find very offensive, um, that being uh, romantic comedies and um, also this, uh, uh, you know, quote-unquote torture porn that's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. become very popular in recent years. Um, and trying to, to get to the roots of what these particular things were about. Uh, actually, that's where it started, really, mm-hmm. um, this investigation of, of genre, of these genres. Okay, so is it fair to say you weren't aiming to make a, a horror movie at all? That's right. Wow. That's, no, that's <laughs> I mean, no, yeah. it's, it's super interesting to to think that, that a process, this long process, leads you to something that really but, wasn't in your mind. I mean, I, I hope I don't sound like I'm, I'm, you know, looking too much into this, but I, uh, it's almost like that's the scary part, the fact that it's not meant to be a horror movie, and the but fact the that issues... People, yeah, conceive it as yeah, a horror movie. Yeah, because of the issues and the themes that it deals with, they call it a horror movie. That's uh, Honestly, that that's actually even scarier. Uh, let me ask you something, Patrick. Right now, in the age we live in, obviously bullying and, and fat shaming have become like really big issues. Uh, uh, were you at any time worried while making the movie that maybe the message could get lost or, you know, that maybe the, you guys were taking it too far? Was there any concerns during during the production that the message could be misinterpreted? Um, no, not, not really. Uh, I can't really think about that so so much because and the reaction to this movie has been so extreme on on either side of that um mm-hmm. because ultimately people are just going to project their own um neuroses onto yeah. no matter what uh, so um if i if i start thinking in that way then then i'm i'm setting myself up for uh, uh a failure um but yeah i mean it's become more much more acute you know mm-hmm. since we began the process of, of making this movie. What the it, it really bothers people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I I've seen the trailer and it, it definitely makes me feel uncomfortable because I think we've all been judged to some extent. You, you know, especially again, like I said, living in L.A. There's a reason why I do a, a radio show <laughs> <laughs> because you know I don't want to be in front of a camera all the time. Um, it's a very very uh, realistic issue that this movie tackles. And I find that that is what makes people uncomfortable. 
Mm -hmm. And we've got a few questions lined up as well in the chat. Um, one of them actually relates to one that I had. First of all, Professor Madness in the chat um, was asking what day, and this is regarding, you know, filming, what day smelt the worst and why? And that's related to my question, which was um, what was the most disgusting scene for you personally? Uh, well, the whole movie was quite disgusting <laughs> to make because... Uh, I generally like to create circumstances on um, the productions that I do that that uh, replicate the real life, uh, what that would be. So um, mm -hmm. that's, uh, you know, we put down real trash uh, on the set and, uh, you know, shovel it up at the end of the night in the bags and then, and then put it back out the next day. Oh, wow. Uh, so by the end of 18 days or whatever, how long the shoot was, mm -hmm. uh, it, it smelled quite uh, pungent, you know, and not, not in a good way. Well, if you need a if you need a filming location, you could use my apartment. That place is filthy. <laughs> believe me, like just yeah, you don't need to add any more trash to it. <laughs> yeah, we did it. We did it because it was so um, the the apartment became so trashed. We actually had to build. It was a set that we mm -hmm. built. Oh wow. Yeah, nobody would have allowed us to do what we did. Yeah, trash somebody's apartment. <laughs> I, I, I was going to ask, how was that trashing, you know, an apartment? Did you get the security deposit back by any chance? But <laughs> So you built a whole set. Yeah. That's crazy. That is pretty wild. Again, this is a pretty serious, like I said, and, and, and hopefully, you know, if, and stop me at any time if you feel I'm misrepresenting your film at, at any point. But I feel like it's a very, you know, there's some heavy themes going on. What was the, the energy around the set? How, you know, were the actors, you know, really submerged in their characters? And, and was there like a, a tension? How was it? Or did everybody remember it was just a movie? Well, the process that I, I go on with, uh, with actors is, you know, pretty deep into it, you know. Uh, and, and generally, I don't have problem with, problems with actors. The problems I have with are with, with other people on the <laughs> <laughs> on, on, a, on a crew who, who who look at me like what are we doing you know mm -hmm. here uh you know wearing gas you know masks and and all this stuff and and uh uh you know the actors and the performers really love it because it's 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 creating um mm -hmm. a, a, a a world that they can really inhabit and live in and embody those those circumstances um and and that was that was my number one goal with this uh, work was was performance and, and to get really inside of the 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 physical lives and, and the mental lives of, of these characters and and everything else was uh, less important for me you know a lot of people filmmakers there's just right now it's 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 really just about um uh effects you know and i'm not talking about like visual effects uh -huh. but you know movie making as um, you know, a series of uh, effects, and yeah. and to me, it was this was really about the the characters and and uh, the, the performance of it. It was a performance art piece in in a way before the camera, and that and that was really exciting to me to be able to to watch that and to have that um, you know connection with the with the performers. But everybody knows we're making a movie at the end of the day, right? I mean. Um, uh, in Los Angeles, it's 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 harder to push things, you know, in the ways that I want to push than in other places. I believe just because um, here it's an industry and um, people are less. Uh, uh, this is being general, but mm -hmm. less up for um, you know experimentation. 
uh, in, in these forms uh, uh, because you know um, this is their livelihoods, you mm-hmm. know, right? Um, and uh, it, it's it's different, I guess. Let me ask you something because it obviously takes a village to make a movie. And uh, you had a, a, a lot of uh, talented people around you helping you make this thing happen. One of them, I was, as I was going through the website, which I encourage people to check out, Excess Flesh Movie, all spelled correctly, all together, .com, excessfleshmovie.com. Opening a, a new browser there, folks, and, and you can check that out as we talk about this. But I noticed that in the credits, you have a gentleman by the name of Jonathan Snipes doing the sound and music. And I was reading a, a bit about him, and I was pleasantly surprised to see that amongst his credits, it's, it's the uh, documentary uh, Room 237, which I watch. I mean, I'm a huge Stanley Kubrick fan, so I, I've watched that more times than I care to admit. <laughs> but how did he get involved in this project? Uh, I've been working with him for about a decade now. Oh, really? Was, yeah, I went to school with him, actually. Uh, Very with- cool. Yeah, we were in grad school together. Um, I was uh, at UCLA uh, doing um, a master's in theater directing, and he was there doing um, a master's in sound design, actually, for theater. Um, oh, wow. And so we've uh, done a lot of different types of projects. I've done videos for uh, his different music projects, including mm-hmm. uh, Clipping, which, which you mentioned in the intro. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's done sound design and music for pretty much all of my theatrical works, um, he did the musical, uh, Patty, he did, um, uh, yeah, he's done everything. Wow. So <laughs> that's crazy. So, no, you, uh, that's I, impressive. Yeah, so it wasn't like I watched room 237 and, and, uh, I decided started, to, uh, grab, <laughs> call him up. But those guys, uh, he's amazing. And, and, uh, his collaborator on room 237, um, uh, William Hudson, uh, who's also in clipping, both mm-hmm. of those guys mm-hmm. are in the clipping group. Um, I've, I've worked with that, both of them in, in a number of different contexts. Oh, that's really cool. No, that, like I said, that's, uh, I quite enjoy that documentary room, uh, 237. I highly recommend people check it out <laughs> if they haven't. Um, I have actually a little side note question. Um, but on the excess flesh movie website, you, you quote Samuel Beckett's, um, the unnameable, I believe with, I can't go on, I'll go on. Um, what significance does this have, you know, to you and, and to the movie? Um, well, I, I think, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, investigation in this movie of, uh, mental illness in, in a way. And, um, you know, with, you know, this, uh, this idea of, of, um, the mind, you know, the, the mind and, and the, and the sort of desolation, you know, mm-hmm. uh, of the mind and its projection into, you know, real life space uh mm-hmm. this this feeling of 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 always being at the end you yeah. know so, so to speak and wanting to um you know go beyond that you know mm-hmm. uh in a way so so that there's a lot of that going on in this um in, in this movie the the thing the thing that I, that I have to be very uh uh maybe i'm sounding a little bit cryptic about it is that there's there's um reveals in this movie that give a little bit more, um, explain that a little bit better. But if I, if I reveal those, then it ruins the movie. Okay. So we, <laughs> we won't ask too much about that then. Um, briefly before we, um, go into our break, um, we'd like to 
ask you about the um, the event you organized here in LA. Um, it was called Excess and was set to coincide with the premiere here of Excess Flesh. Um, could you tell us a little about that and you know how it developed and became part of this you know whole creation? Yeah, I've put on a number of these types of events over the years, uh, just in my interest in uh you know uh, happenings uh where you bring together a lot of different artists and um ideas and kind of collide them mm-hmm. um so it was you know bringing together an excessive amount of of ideas and uh you know literal people in a space you know we had 13 musical acts mm-hmm. and uh all these uh performance installations is what i call them um uh, and these are all happening at the same time um, and then I thought, uh, I had been wanting to do another one of these and, and it just kind of coincided well to, to tie it into the Los Angeles premiere of, of, uh, of excess flesh, which is, uh, you know, uh, a genre, yeah. uh, horror movie that, uh, deals with, uh, with real life horrors mm-hmm. in a way. And yeah. so, and uh, so, yeah, so it just, uh, it makes sense to do this at Halloween around that time and to, uh, kind of do a deconstruction of, um, you know, the Christian uh, hell houses yeah. um, and, uh, and, and have music happening all around it. No, that, that's really good. And I, we'd love to talk about that more, but we're going to wait until after the break because now um, we've mentioned clipping a few times now and, you know, you, you directed um, one of their recent um, music videos. Um, what was it? Body and Blood or the other way around? Yes, uh, Body and Blood. Okay, Um, so we're going to play that for everyone on Ustream. Have a quick musical break and then we'll be back talking about that and other projects. Yeah, so Patrick, if you'd be so kind, just hang on the line for us uh, just a few minutes. And yeah, we're going to check out this track. I actually got uh, the uh, the pleasure of listening to it early and it's... uh, not just visually striking, but also musically, yeah. it's it's yeah, a really I, great track. So around engrossing. Stick around. We still got uh, another hour coming up of West of the Rockies. We're here with uh, Patrick, director of this really crazy, crazy movie called uh, Excess Flesh. We're gonna throw it to the video. If you're uh, not on our Ustream channel, I urge you to go. If not, <laughs> you can still enjoy it because the music's pretty cool on this. So here we go. West of the Rockies coming right back in just a few. Right here on the Independent FM. Enjoy. What's up, guys? This is Jorge Diaz of Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones. And you're listening to West of the Rockies with Frank. This portion of the show is sponsored by Haunted Orange County, your premier source for all things haunted in and around OC. From haunted history ghost walks to ghost group hunting expeditions at some of SoCal's most haunted destinations. Make your fall plans early and book an upcoming tour or investigation today. Visit hauntedoc.com. Back to the second hour of West of the Rockies. I'm Frank. Thank you guys for sticking around. I know it's late, but we're having a lot of fun here. Genevieve, how are you doing over there? I'm doing very well, thank you. Having a lot of fun. Yeah, you enjoying yourself? 
Yes. Awesome. I mean, what better topic than like horror, right? To it, make someone one smile. One of my favorites. <laughs> one of my favorites. As always, I'm Engineer Frank on Twitter. West of the Rockies on Facebook. You can follow the show on Twitter at WOTR Radio. And check out the website, WOTRradio.com. You will find some really cool interviews, some really cool blog posts. Um, we just posted the interview with uh, Steve Concatelli, executive producer of the uh, Out of Time documentary, where they restore the uh, the DeLorean time machine. Yeah, that was On that cool. same episode is when we talked to Ben Hansen about the uh, missile launch and the Travis Walton Skyfire Summit. Mm -hmm. So it's a really interesting interview. Definitely check that out. We also have new blog posts. We got our kamikaze blog post. I still think uh, our little catacombs and the catacombs. Was a nice one. The catacombs nice is a it's a great one. It's it's uh, honestly we well not we you did an excellent job at giving it a different spin. I you know as always I'm a fan of like the more morbid side of them. But uh, you found that, yeah, the poetry inside the catacombs, yeah, it's I mean, the equally, nice. they equally were, they were grim impressive. They were and, yeah. and heavy and good. No, <laughs> it, it, it's good stuff. So definitely check it out. WTRradio.com is the website. You can find Genevieve on Twitter at Genevieve Uway on Twitter. It's not a day I go by that I don't regret choosing yeah, that way. There's still time. There's still time. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, uh, you can catch her on her very own show right here on the Independent FM every Thursday night at 9 p.m called No Added Flavors, O-U-R-S, because if you haven't picked up by her accent, she's not from around here. Uh, <laughs> I spell it all wrong. Music, all right, jokes, whatever. facts, funny stuff, uh, taking requests as well. So definitely check it out, No Added Flavors, uh, uh, on Twitter as well, at noaddedflavors.com. We're joined tonight by Patrick Canelli, who is the director of this really, really interesting unwillingly horror movie mm -hmm. <laughs> called Excess Flesh. Uh, Patrick, why don't you tell people where they can find you on social media and find more info about this uh, film? Um, I think you gave out the website for the film before. It's uh, www.excessfleshmovie.com. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we're on Facebook as well If you uh, and Twitter. Um, I don't know what the – I can't. I'm really, really bad with all that stuff. It's all good. I, you're so, talking to somebody that forgets their password for every account think, on I a think daily Twitter basis. Was so. At Excess Flesh, and I, and I yeah. believe the Facebook was um, Excess Flesh Movie. Excess Flesh Movie. Yes. There we go. <laughs> um, I, was, I was really surprised when when I you know came up with that title that you know there wasn't there wasn't all those names and whatnot weren't mm -hmm. taken already. I know. Yeah, I, I felt that too. I was like, well done for picking. Yeah, kudos for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, because believe me, in this day and age, where people literally just get names and hope that one day somebody will come up needing it and having to pay That's for a business. it yeah it's become a business i actually knew a guy who bought i think something like like 50 or 60 websites literally and they were like very generic websites They're like oh i'm sure somebody will you website. know website.com yeah oh, exactly stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> patrick uh before we went to break we we're talking about this uh Hell House that, that you had set up to coincide with the LA premiere of your movie, and we're in the middle of talking about that now. Listen, me personally, I had never heard of a Hell House. Maybe I've been living under a rock. But can you tell us a little bit about the concept of what a Hell House is and how you took that concept and applied it to what you wanted to do with the premiere of your movie? Um, well, a Hell House is uh, uh, generally uh, put up by uh, by Christian churches. Mm -hmm. um, there's actually a really excellent documentary about it. Uh, called hell house oh um that uh and, and basically it's in the, the 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 form of a of a typical haunted house where mm -hmm. you know people walk through a series of rooms but mm -hmm. in the rooms instead of you know 
I don't know, uh, uh, Jason coming out with a with a knife or whatever, or you know, different different scenarios like that. You have scenes depicting you know uh, abortion mm. and uh, teen suicide and. Um, uh, you know, all these, uh, you know, gay marriage, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all yeah. of the sort of their ills of, of, uh, of society, so to speak. Um, and, uh, basically, you know, to scare you straight and then, and then you end up in, in basically hell, like in the, in the, I've never actually been in, in one of these things before. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I could ever put I my, I desperately want to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, they, they go, they're quite, uh, advanced now. I mean, it's a it's a relatively recent phenomenon. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, you know, they're they're just as uh, uh, they're almost as prevalent now as as regular haunted houses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, not not in Los Angeles or right, places, but you know, in this in um, the areas of our country where the Bible uh, Belt and all that. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. There was a the um, the great article on Vice actually where. Uh, a guy literally took you through the the experience of a hell house um, in the, under the, the guise of volunteering there, and he he wrote a, a pretty pretty interesting first. It sounds first like yeah, there, there's a, there's an, an an interesting uh, way of thinking that goes behind yeah, these yeah. things. Uh, I'll I'll say that much, Patrick. Uh, I was reading that the Daily Beast, uh, and I'm gonna quote this story. They they called your movie and i quote the most messed up movie at south by southwest was that uh something that that you were uh striving for there or <laughs> it was this just part of like the whole you know it wasn't meant to be a horror movie but that's how people interpret it yeah i mean i always think i'm doing quite mainstream and accessible works but i guess it never really turns out that way <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, I, I've been I'm reminded numerous times, especially when I go on festivals and whatnot, mm-hmm. the festival programmers and whatnot. They um, they come to me and they're like, you know, you're the weird movie. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I don't really know what that means, That's but uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, when I think of weird movies, you know, I think it's the you know the Human Centipede or something along those lines, or like a Serbian film. But I I feel like your movie you're trying to get to deeper issues you know and and I was reading some of some of the stuff online uh, about what you've said you know and or in relation to this uh, film that it's almost like a criticism to the consumeristic society that we live in could you uh, tell me a little bit more about that and how you see it in, in that way Oh yeah I mean. <sighs> One of the things with uh, with this movie, I think that this made people uncomfortable is the style of it is really up in your face, mm-hmm. um, and you know, to me, that is a reflection of uh, the culture, at least from from my point of view, mm-hmm. um, yeah. that is quite inescapable. Um, I mean, you know, where where really where you are uh, in Los Angeles, it's you know, driving up and down everywhere, you just can't escape, you know. Um, advertisements and, yeah. Yeah. And, and things just being blasted in your face at all times at, at a very high volume um reality television um you know uh, it's just m- more and more content endlessly um you know uh it's just there there is no space for uh reflection thought. Yeah. I mean, you really have to go you have to dig a pretty deep hole to get to that that place um so so yeah so that was 
kind of uh, what we were doing with the, with the style of this movie. Uh, somebody was just telling me at a, a festival, they were like, you know, normally in a movie you can you have a little bit of breath where, mm-hmm. you know, you can you can step back from it a little bit. But yeah. with your movie, you can't because it's really right up in, in, in your grill. And, uh, and I like that, uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, to me, those are the movies that have most affected me. You yeah. know, those yeah. things you can't really uh, get around uh, um, and you are forced to uh, to, d- to deal with whether you like it or not. Um, and uh, sometimes, it, you know, those things make you very mad. Yeah. Speaking of movies that affected you, now it's one of I know it's definitely one of our favorite segments, the now famous top five. <laughs> so, uh, Patrick, if you would be so kind to walk us through your top five horror films and let us know if these are the horror films that influence you, as, as you said a minute ago, the, the ones that really get you. Yeah, um, actually, I was just having a conversation today with some um, with somebody about about horror movies and what exactly a horror movie is, and neither of us mm-hmm. could really uh, define it. Um, uh, I I think that it's uh, it's probably one of the most undefinable of, of genres. Yeah. Um, you know what is a what is a, a horror movie? I mean, you know, I guess Halloween and mm-hmm. uh, Friday the Thirteenth; those are horror movies. Uh, Crossroads but... with Britney Spears. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the point, you know, things for some people that are... That's terrifying. Yeah, no, no. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, for some people, it's like, oh, well, it's just a human body. It shouldn't be horrible. But for some, it, it, they find certain things horrific that aren't for the rest of the world. No, that's true. Yeah. Sorry, we didn't mean to interrupt there, Patrick. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, but the, the, these are the movies that I... Um, with a call horror, the things that to me and more reflect a, a real life uh, horror, mm. uh, and uh, so so these are so my top five along those lines are um, Todd Browning's Freaks, yeah, um, from 1932, which is much more of a you know a horror movie uh, about uh, sideshow freaks, you know, who you know uh, I you know I don't want to give too much away about these movies, mm-hmm. but I get you know Todd Browning was the a director of the original Frankenstein and all that. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, he cast actual, um, you know, sideshow freaks, uh, yeah. you know, for this movie, which was a sort of a, a tragic love story of sorts. Um, yeah. I was reading about this because I've, I've never seen it. Believe me, I, I love, like I said, I love this segment because it gives me a lot of homework. And I've never seen this movie Freaks, but I was just reading on, on the Internet that apparently this movie was banned in uh, in in a number of states here in the U.S. and uh, apparently was banned in, in the U.K. as well up until like 1963, uh, where when it got like an uncut X rating. Uh, so this is like a really heavy movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, I mean, it, it's you know depicting and uh, you know real life carnival science show mm-hmm. performers who have mm-hmm. real deformities and you know that's i think that is the part that makes people more uncomfortable right much, much more so than the, the the narrative of it which is not that scary per se mm-hmm. right right but i mean considering it was like 1932 like uh, one of my all-time favorite horror movies is nosferatu right and mm-hmm. we were just having this conversation a, a few weeks back and i was saying i get into people's shoes in that era watching this movie for the first time and i you know and i freak out 
I can't even begin to imagine how I would react watching this movie, Freaks, considering it's from 19, uh, 1932. Yeah, no, it's it's really crazy. And what's uh, what's num uh, by the way, is are these in order or no particular order? Uh, no, uh, I'll just I'm just going. Uh, I'll go chronologically. Okay, sounds good. All right. So, what's number two on on this list? Um, number two is uh, what was number two. Um, was it? I believe it's Repulsion. Yeah. Oh yes, Repulsion. Um, uh, yeah. So Repulsion is from 1965. It's by mm -hmm. Roman Polanski. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a precursor to Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Uh, which is the, probably the better known. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a uh, it's actually very similar in in its plot and whatnot to uh, Excess Flesh. Um, it's a woman played by Catherine Deneuve, um, who. Uh, basically becomes sort of by her own sort of um, in her own way trapped inside of her apartment mm -hmm. um, and starts to go insane mm -hmm. and starts having visions of things and uh, which uh, ironically which... happened to Polanski eventually. I, I, <laughs> I'm going to make a quick parenthesis in a minute. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you finish because ten. yeah, Roman Polanski is quite the character. Sorry but yeah, continue. Uh, yeah, so she, she goes insane inside of the apartment and eventually you know takes out that insanity and the people who come to visit her there. Mm -hmm. I hate to admit it, and but I'm not ashamed to admit it. I have not seen this one, but one of my all-time fa <laughs> favorite horror movies is uh, Rosemary's Baby. I mean, that movie, it's, it, honestly, it terrified me. It, it really, you know, I like I said, I read a lot of uh, strange things and strange books, and Rosemary's Baby had a, a few things in there that I've read in some of these books that I find quite disturbing, but it's just crazy. Uh, just kind of the uh, the road that Roman Polanski took there with with his films. I mean, there was definitely like an underlying theme going on there with oh, Polanski. But he, I mean, if you've uh, there came a there was a documentary about two years ago, right? Yeah. Um, Roman Polanski. I haven't watched one. it, but I heard about oh, it. Oh, I I keep mentioning it. We we have to watch it because you. I didn't know this stuff. You know, he went through basically the Second World War and he went yeah. through like heavy stuff. Yeah, yeah. So the stuff he's coming out with doesn't even surprise me after a while. That is true. Or Honestly, <laughs> I, I, I forgot that part. You, Like I said, I haven't seen it, but you told me a bit about mm -hmm. the, the documentary. And yeah, it sounds like it was it was pretty rough. Uh, Patrick, number three. Number three. <laughs> listen, my brother studied film and he told me about this movie and I had no desire to watch it. But I want to hear your take on this because this is this is pretty heavy. What's number three on your list? Um, this is uh, a Salo uh, or the 120 Days of Sodom, which is in the adaptation of um, the Marquis de Sade's uh, infamous uh, novel mm -hmm. uh, that is directed by Pier Paolo Pasolini. Yeah, um, it was the last film that he made before he was murdered. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Italian director, Italian film, uh, and basically uh, takes the story and, and transfers it to uh, fascist Italy uh, mm -hmm. right after um, uh, the fall of uh, uh, Mussolini in uh, 1943. Mm -hmm. uh, these uh, fascist libertines uh, kidnap 
you know, 18 teenagers and subject them to different extreme forms of violence, mm-hmm. uh, torture, uh, sexual and mental torture uh, over a series of months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, th- I'm, I'm telling you, I my brother told me about this movie and I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm sure it's like amazing, but I don't know if I, at least at the time, I don't know if I was ready to go there. Maybe now I, 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 I read be bits more... of the book. You were telling me about I've, the book I was earlier. telling you about the book and that reading it. Again, because like, you haven't yeah. seen the movie, right? No, I haven't so, seen the movie. Because you I've were saying, like, it. I wonder if all the stuff in the book yeah, well, made I, it to the movie, some right? Some details in the book, I, I don't know how they would translate to the screen. I have no idea because they are so like, how did this guy like think of it? I don't know. It's it's. Yeah. An, incredible though like it's fascinating it's, uh, you know and again people you know you can you can google these and or go to imdb and you can look up uh, uh, more information about this but yeah like patrick just said uh uh pasolini was was murdered before the the film's release and you know it sounds like it's some really heavy stuff i i don't know if i if i could watch it but listen we're only three in to your list and i can already see a pattern patrick but you know i'm gonna let you finish and why don't you take (laughs) us to number four here you know what's interesting is actually a lot of these films and the filmmakers made them have a lot of myths uh Mm. you know uh, Mm -hmm. surrounding their lives and the make particularly the making of these movies uh you know the pasolini there's there's still a lot of contention about you know how and why he was murdered a lot of people think it was a political right um, you know, the, the standard sort of uh, thing was that he was uh, murdered by a, a prostitute that he picked up in the street. Uh, oh, wow. But there's just so many, you know, <laughs> conspiracy yeah, theories of course. surrounding these, these filmmakers and these movies. Yeah, and it's almost like it just adds to the mystique of their work at this point, you know, so many years later. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Number four. Um, so my number uh, four is uh, Come and See, which is uh, uh, you know, n- normally categorized as a war film. Um, it's from 1985. It's a Soviet film mm-hmm. uh, by Elam Klimov, and it's uh, basically about um, the, the Nazi uh, occupation of uh, the um, of Russia uh, yeah. during the war. And um, I don't think I've seen a movie um, about uh, that period in time and, and the Holocaust that's, that's more um, upsetting than. Oh than wow! This. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, so yeah, so that's that's number four. But yeah, this is another one I haven't seen. But I was reading that apparently the the director of this movie uh, planned to have the the I believe it was the, the main actor Alexei uh, uh, Kravchevko uh, hypnotized by a, a psychotherapist during uh, most of like the the really heavy scenes so that it wouldn't affect his young mind. And I know we we're talking about you know kind of like the, the the lore that surrounds some of these movies. And I think that's that's a good example of, of some of the stuff that is said about this movie. I mean, it sounds pretty heavy. All right, Patrick, number five. This one's interesting. We might we might have to spend a few minutes on this one. Go ahead, number five. Um, uh, Paradise Lost. Actually, I would put all three of the the movies, but the the first one, Paradise Lost, The Child Murders mm-hmm. at Robin Hood Hills, which yeah. is about the West Memphis Three. Correct. The original documentary. 
What do you make of this of this uh, whole case? I mean, I watched all the all the West Memphis uh, three uh, movies that that came out. It was some pretty pretty scary stuff. I mean, <laughs> you know, the, it, it definitely qualifies in the horror genre. But how did you hear about this case, and what what attracted you to it? Well, I actually, you know, I I grew up in Chicago, right? And uh, my my father was a criminal defense attorney, and he was uh, uh, involved in a lot of death penalty cases where, um, you know, uh, Chicago uh, and the state of Illinois had a long and sordid sort of uh, history with, uh, um, you know, (laughs) having, you know, generally young men, um, you know, caged up in in prison for, you know, Mm -hmm. 15 to 20 years for crimes they they didn't commit, basically, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, African-American, Latino men, generally. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so he was involved in a lot of these death penalty cases where these people were, you know, on trial for, or in jail for 15 or 20 years for for these crimes which they did not commit. Yeah. And um, so that's, that's uh, so having that personal sort of connection to, to that um, wow. yeah. process of things led me to this these movies. But... Um, I wasn't at all prepared for really what this, because I was kind of, you know, when I was watching these movies was of the age of these men. I mean, mm-hmm. they're slightly older than me, but, uh, uh, you know, this idea of being, having these alternate ideas or being these outcasts and, and this society and, and where that can, you know, lead one through, through yeah. rumor and insinuation and, um, you know the culture that uh, surrounds you it definitely seemed like it was a, a a real life nightmare for the for for you know these this these three kids because they were kids when when they were arrested and they mm-hmm. came out as men <laughs> you know they were they were you know i think they were well into their 30s if, yeah, if i'm not mistaken and uh, i mean it it's just it's scary how you can get caught up in something like this and and wind up in that position for me, is is definitely a horror movie. Now, you know, when I look at, at these movies, uh, you know, as a list, you know, a top five list, there there's definitely something that connects all of them. That you know, they're all very gritty, real life type of horror, and that is what we can see happening in the movie that you're promoting, Excess Flesh. Are these all the the movies that you had in mind while while making? Uh, this particular film? Oh uh, no, I, uh, I generally when I you know make work or make a movie, I don't really consciously think of any other films. But I definitely think that these these works and, and many others have sort of infused my way of uh, of thinking mm-hmm. and uh, way of my interest in, in movies. Um, so yeah, it, it's definitely all all part of the the whole. Mm-hmm. Going back to the clipping video, this, as far as we know, also debuted at um, South by Southwest this year, pretty much alongside your Extra Flesh feature movie. How did you end up doing this and how did the ideas come together? And okay, a lot of questions here, but you know, we see a lot of similar themes recurring. So, where did you start with this video? Um, well, I've been buddies with the guys in Clipping for many years, and so when they were, uh, uh, you know, putting out this first album through Sub Pop, they asked me to do a video, um, and it was kind of, uh, you know, kind of I could pick which which song to do from it, and uh, you know, they kind of directed me. They said, you know, we had this song Body and Blood. It seems kind of it would be up your alley, 
And of course, I listened to it, and it was. <laughs> and so I sort of developed this idea in, in, with the bands, in, in a way, about what this would be. It started from um, visuals and awe, mm -hmm. basically this idea of equal opportunity uh, exploitation. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I was interested in doing an exploitation video about exploitation. And, uh, mm. That's great. Meta-exploitation right there. <laughs> Yeah. So, so that's that's where it, it sort of de uh, developed from. Mm -hmm. um, sort of taking the lyrics and taking the, the the sonic world and 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 filtering it through this you know particular lens of of um, of, of voyeurism in, yeah. in a way. You know what that's what that's about. Um, I, I I'm intrigued. You know, um, the music video features full on nudity, and obviously the movie Excess Flesh. Um, features a lot of skin. What's the casting process like for projects like this? Um, are there often awkward moments or do actors generally take a while warming up to certain ideas? What is it like? Uh, no, I mean, I've, I've had a lot of nudity and, and the stuff I do. It's just, it's just being clear up front about what you're doing and your intentions behind it. And, uh, you know, you don't want to trick people. <laughs> you don't want to trick people into, into doing this stuff if they're not mm -hmm. uh, cool with it. So as long as you're clear up front that, you know, this, this role or whatever involves nudity and, um, and then, you know, you can have the conversation with her because I, I never like, like to do it just to do it. Um, but to, if there's a reason or a purpose behind it, you know, in terms of the thematics or in terms of the story mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, and, uh, so, so yeah, but it's weird because like in, the, in that video, um, I had never met any, m most of the performers until mm -hmm. they walked in front of the camera naked. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That, and they're wow. just, yeah. <laughs> how do you do? Uh, it's is... nippy in here, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but there's this awkwardness and this tension to that that, yeah. that actually really added to, to what I was trying to do there. So, so, uh, so that was kind of, that worked really well. Uh, as a, you know, as a producer, director, what is it like having to go through the, you know, process and make a decision Concerning, you know, whether to include something like uh, nudity or something that a lot of people would find extreme, um, you know, knowing that it's going to decrease your audience size. Uh, are you ever going to be the sort of person who says, actually, let's not include this so more people can watch it? It's obviously a difficult decision to make. Yeah, I mean, if somebody paid me a lot of money to do something, I would probably do it. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> uh, you're honest you. you're honest hey <laughs> like like you know if they if i were being paid like 15 million dollars to direct the suicide squad movie right yeah and they're like you have to make this pg-13 yeah to be like oh you know like oh, all no. right then <laughs> <laughs> it's like what's that disney what? You want me to put mouse ears on the kid? Anything you say. Yeah. No, I, I, and honestly, I appreciate you saying that because that is the, the reality of the industry. I think that a lot of times, living in LA, you know, we, we, we're, we're blessing a lot of people, and a lot of people want to do what they love to do. You know, like their, their dream projects and the stuff that you know they're really passionate about. But sometimes you have to do stuff to pay the bills. 
in order to afford to do, you know, what you want to do. And I know yeah. like People Roman Polanski that. was one of them. I, you know, there's, it's, it's a, even Back to the Future, we were talking about that a, a couple of weeks ago. Back to the Future, the script was bouncing around for like five, six years before that somebody, this even weighing near it, nobody wanted yeah, to touch it. So, and the, the way they went about it was they, they made a very commercially successful movie first in order mm. to acquire the credibility yeah. to then be entrusted with a budget to do something that they really love. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like I said, Patrick, I appreciate your candor in that regard because that is uh, that is a reality of the industry that I don't think it gets talked about very often. But uh, no, at the same time, I'm just still intrigued to know, though, uh, what what goes through your mind when you make that decision to say, I'm going to include full frontal nudity, I'm going to do these things and... You know, everything, what goes through your head in terms of what will my friends think? What will the public think? What will my parents think? That sort of thing. Oh, everybody already thinks I'm crazy anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't have that, then they would think that something's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good place to be. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I mean, the band was like, yeah, it was like they actually wanted it. You know, uh, they, <laughs> they wanted something that was going to be an, and you know, not safe for work video. That's and great. of course they come to me to do that. Wow. Hey Patrick, you know what to do. <laughs> it's like who can who can we get to do a really, really twisted Patrick? <laughs> uh Patrick, I know that you've been traveling. I mean you're you're a busy guy. You're you're traveling, you're promoting this movie, you're taking it to, to festivals all around the world. What's the uh the the, the reception been like in, in other places? I know you, you just got back from uh, Spain, I believe, or you you were in Spain not too long ago. And, yeah, and it was other... Belgium and then Spain. So why don't you tell me, how, how did this movie translate over there? Uh, literally, I mean, uh, did you have subtitles made? Did you dub it? Uh, and, and how did people like it? Um, we, uh, you know, what's the interesting thing about, uh, European festivals and audiences that a lot, most of the time is that they show the, if they show the movies in English or with English subtitles. Mm -hmm. Um, it's the great American English imperialist, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I've, I've gone into a lot of these festivals and they're like, Oh no, you don't need to subtitle it. We play everything in English anyways. And I'm like, well, I actually want to get <laughs> subtitle. I, I want, want you know, to, to understand it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because there's a lot of particularities to language and, yeah. and these things that, you know, I don't think translate necessarily. And, and I had one or two ex previous experiences over the summer with festivals where it wasn't subtitled and people came to me and were like, you know, if this has been subtitled, uh, I think I would have got more out of it. So, so we subtitled it in all the native languages. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and overall to be honest, with this movie, it's gotten a far greater response from, um, European um, festivals and audiences than it has in the U.S. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Well, that's uh, but I guess it's kind of predictable. Yeah, understandable. They're though, out yeah. there, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it's also because we're playing uh, uh, as part of, uh, you know, genre festivals, you know, uh, okay. which they call, you know, Encompass. Uh, there's a there's a, a, a federation of fantastic film festivals, uh, the Meliers Foundation, which is in Europe and it includes um, uh, a lot of the big you know festival genre festivals in Europe like Sitges and and the one we were at in Spain, Milan's de Rey, um, and uh, these are movie festivals that have science fiction and horror and 
thrillers mm. and you know out there you know what i found is these kind of festivals are much more inclusive of alternate um ideas and more things that you know don't necessarily translate and play at the palm springs international film festival yeah. or even sundance or, or these kind of you know mainstream um american independent film. because there's an idea about it i've a lot of film festivals told me they wouldn't even watch the movie because oh, wow. we don't do horror movies you know wow. that's what they told me and i was like well it's not a horror movie they're like we don't care <laughs> it looks like one we're not gonna we're not even gonna bother with it oh and, wow yeah i can imagine that but like Yeah, people don't want to hear it. it yeah. As soon as it falls into a genre, that's it. It's slotted in and off they go. Yeah. How would you describe the movie? Is it more like a, a, a suspense thriller then? You know, because you said, you know, you didn't go into this trying to make a horror movie per se, but it just got, you know, locked in to, to that uh to that genre uh, but in your mind what what kind of movies excess flesh uh i would say it's like a psychological thriller um no it's about the the horrors of the mind uh -huh. you know? so it is a horror film in a way i guess in, in that regard um and uh and it's uh, what, what's been great about playing in in horror and, and genre film festivals is that because it's a kind of a different thing like that it's actually upset people you know much more who are going into something and, and anticipating like a mm -hmm. you know like a torture porn kind of a thing and yeah. that's not at all mm -hmm. what this is um and uh and and actually that's more upsetting to them than a woman being kidnapped and, and systematically tortured for 90 minutes you it's know by some man <laughs> which is every other movie i see at these festivals yeah. is like that it's I, mm -hmm. i i don't understand it's like 10 minutes of a woman's fingers, you know, the skin being peeled off of them. I'm like, um, okay, <laughs> what, is, <laughs> what is this, what is this telling me? I don't right. know. It, it just proves that, yep, you've got pretty good effects. Well yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. No, it's serious. It's serious. Um, so anyway, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, the people have been selling this, this movie as, as, as being something quite extreme, but I think the extremity doesn't come in terms of gore or violence or mm -hmm. anything like that, but, but just you know the the way it depicts what it depicts yeah mm -hmm. um i've got a quick question um presumably you know you, you had a lot of footage by the end of filming um how much do you have to cut out were there any major significant scenes that you just you know circumstantially had to get rid of oh yeah i mean my, my original cut of the movie was uh, about 40 minutes longer than it is now oh. um and uh so yeah there's like a whole other movie in there that, that was removed mm -hmm. um so yeah that's that's always a, a really hard process actually the the process of of make of producing and and uh filming this movie was was quite easy It was the editing process. It was the longest yeah, and most I difficult. Yeah, um, We have another question from um, Prof Madness in the chat. He asks, um, "How did you get the funding for this film?" Uh, <laughs> Exciting uh, story. <laughs> uh, did you have to walk up to people in suits and go like, "Okay, listen, listen. <laughs> this might take a minute, but this is what the movie's about." <laughs> <laughs> I was really lucky that the, the producers that I've worked with on this and the executive producer are people I've, I've known for a long time and have worked with on other projects. And so it was a very low budget, very, very low budget mm -hmm. movie. 
And so, you know, they, they believed in what I was doing and, and funded that. Um, mm -hmm. so it's, uh, you know, I've, I've been, um, lucky, but it's been also through a lot of like hard work to, um, you know, uh, put forth what I've put forth. Uh, mm -hmm. so, um, so yeah, so that's, that's, that's how it came out. There's no, there's no real like magic's formula for getting a movie made. I've, mm -hmm. I've discovered, you know, I mean, it's, it, it generally happens by accident mm -hmm. a lot of the time. Yeah. From what I hear, a lot of, a lot of the movies that become staples of a, of a particular genre or a generation, you read a bit of the backstory and and yeah it's uh, there are movies that there was a struggle to to get them uh produced a lot of times question like i said this movie deals with a lot of heavy themes and i i know that when people watch it there's going to be things that resonate within them and you know uh, and more than one thing i believe um and if you don't mind me uh, intruding in this way with this question, but how much are we seeing of Patrick in this movie? Did you put some of your own fears and phobias and experiences into this movie? Yeah, I think actually quite a lot, um, uh, which I didn't recognize until pretty late into making the movie, you know, how personal it was. Mm. Uh, mm -hmm. Because I, you know, like, I was saying back when we started the conversation, I um, I generally go into these things with with very sort of from a very conceptual sort of place, you know, uh, investigating genre and these particular issues that fascinate me. All these different puzzle pieces mm -hmm. come together and form in this into you know an image of uh, or a mere reflection of, of myself in a way. So it's it, it's quite personal at the end. So mm -hmm. so it's it's harder to to uh, deal with this in the real world and, and, um, uh, knowing that, you know, uh, I think it would have been easier if I had gone into a movie knowing, Oh yeah, I'm just, you know, telling a story that's yeah. a, a reflection of, of something I've experienced before. Um, it, it would be easier for me to distance myself from it than to get to the end of a process and realize how, intensely personal this thing was you know right i wonder as i was watching the trailer and reading about it these are things that i think we all experience at one point or another and some more so than others patrick we're almost out of time but why don't you tell people where they can get more info about the movie where they can catch it when they can see it and all that good stuff social media etc um, yeah, we are being released on VOD and DVD and um, probably in a number of theaters around the country mm -hmm. in March, which I know is a little bit, um, a little ways off. But uh, if you follow us on Facebook uh, or, or Twitter, uh, uh -huh. it's uh, fa facebook.com uh, dash uh, excess flesh movie. Mm -hmm. I believe, and uh, the Twitter handle is uh, at Excess Flesh. Um, uh, let me just uh, double, yeah, Excess yeah. Flesh movie that, um, is the Facebook. So if you follow us on there, then you should be getting the um, updates about uh, when it's going to be coming out in March. I think it's in the first week in March. Oh, nice. Um, so, so yeah, and so you'll find it up on Amazon, iTunes, uh, all those things, and hopefully in Redbox. You know, nice. I, 
Well, hey, my my birthday falls on the first week of March. Hint, hint for anybody out there. So uh, I know what I'll be doing for my birthday is definitely checking out that movie, Excess Flesh. Patrick, thank you so much for being our guest. Uh, you you've been great, and we had a lot of fun talking about you about you know this film and just horror movies in general and, and just learning more about it. Uh, uh, we really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me on. No, thank, thank you, you so much, and have a great night. Thank, thank you. Bye bye. Wow, that was uh, honestly that was that was a, a great great interview. I want to thank Patrick again. Who you know, great guy, smart guy, talented guy. Definitely go check out this movie, Excess Flesh. I know I will. It's it's definitely the kind of movie that will make you uncomfortable. And honestly, I feel that art People is meant that. to do that. People art is that. meant yeah. to make you feel uncomfortable and and pull you out of yeah that that comfort zone. Not not to sound redundant. Check out the website for his movie, excessfleshmovie.com, just as you would spell it all together, excessfleshmovie.com. Follow them on Twitter. That's at excessflesh. He got so lucky that he got all these. You know, nowadays know, it's so hard to... names. Check out um, Patrick's website. Um, it's Patrick um, Canelli Unmarked because, no. you know, um, his, I wouldn't say production company, it, it produces everything. Um, but yeah, the company's called Unmarked, so PatrickCanelliUnmarked.com. Yeah, and don't forget to uh, like him on Facebook. They got a Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash excess flesh movie. So definitely be on the lookout for that. It's like a very, very interesting film. I look forward to seeing it. I know Genevieve is looking forward to seeing it. So if, uh, yeah, follow them, keep tabs, and find out when it's going to be available so that you can check it out and support, you know, support really, you know, the, the projects that, that are... The, the real indie of this world. Yeah. No, Put no, it this no. way, George Lucas is not hurting for cash, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, huh. you know, I, I think that whether it's painting or whatever or music or movies, we're a big fan of just supporting, you know, like like you said, the, the real independent artists. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's too much indie nowadays, especially in the music scene that's, that's like indie on a Sony label. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's a good thing, but still. Yeah. We're going to go out with a request because it was a request from the chat room. It was for a Rams. How do you say it? Ramstein? Ramstein. Yeah, I say Ramstein. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I totally don't know how to pronounce it. Ram uh, means to ram something and Stein is Oh, really? Story. Is that? Oh, okay. So it's easier than I thought then. I, I, I can totally speak German now. Um <laughs> We're going to go out with one song before we get to the request. And this is one of my favorite songs. As everybody knows, I love the Beatles and I love this uh, remix of uh, Come Together. And I think it's quite appropriate for the towns we're living in. And then we're going to play a little Ramstein because we still like to rock out on this show. Darn it. <laughs> so take care. Be safe. God bless. Don't do anything too crazy. I want to see you back next weekend. And do enjoy this one. A little uh, Beatles remix. Come Together followed by some Ramstein because, well, hey, it's Monday for a lot of you. And we're going to kick Monday in the ass. We're not going to let it get us down. So mm -hmm. take care, guys. Be safe on behalf of Genevieve and myself. We beat you. Adieu. And make sure you check out our website for Patrick's Top 5 because, oh my goodness, I love gonna Top watch 5 these. movies. Oh, yeah. absolutely. It takes away my entire spare time in, in a whole week. <laughs> <laughs> take it easy, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. West of the Rockies with Frank the Engineer on the Independent FM, Los Angeles.